Welcome to episode five of the Rosenthal and Jesselnick Vanity Project. RJVP! <laughs> <laughs> uh, the favorite project your agents ever had. Cowabunga, dude. Shout out to Anthony's agent, who, Mike Berkowitz. who uh, wrote a glowing letter of uh, email of how much he enjoyed the show. Yeah. And you just weren't happy that normally he's not as, I was as like, into his projects. I was like, you've never given me these many notes on my own act that you make money <laughs> off of. But this is, you're like, he was like upset. He was so excited about it. Well, he's a fan of mine previously, which is amazing. Yeah. He like still can't believe we're friends. Neither uh, can I. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we're back for episode five. We're going to talk a lot of headlines later. We're going to do our uh, listener of the week, our our hot take of the week. Um, but first, I, I want to you know dive into your your life a little bit. We we talked about you moving uh, last week. How yeah. how's that going? Are it's, you it's moved over. in? I'm officially moved in. I got out of my last apartment. I uh, had to spend a couple extra days in the hotel. They uh, the move. They called me the first day of the move, and they were like, "We found a bed bug. One bed bug." <laughs> on top of your pillow in your old apartment like what do you want us to do and I was like burn it all down burn it to the ground I had bed bugs once in New York and it was awful I don't know if I really believed them. wait in your new apartment in the old apartment they found one oh, okay so before they take everything over like do you want us to like boil right. this and I was like yes so I had to stay an extra day in the hotel and then they called me to tell me that they found my wallet under <laughs> my bed <laughs> that I would lost three weeks ago and I of course of course they found my wallet um, I think the bed bugs probably took it and hid it under there <laughs> Um, but it was fun. I stayed at the Sunset Marquee, one of my favorite hotels in LA, and it's like a nice, it's like a nice place. A lot of like uh, a lot of celebrities stay there. A lot of like rock stars and stuff. And last night I had a really embarrassing moment that I have to share with you. Uh, I More embarrassing than bed bugs. And bed bugs are embarrassing. It's well, like I was just like dirty. Like people just get them, and I had one. Although this is totally. becoming a bit of a recurring thing. Back when we lived in LA, uh, your room was once. Uh, when you were with Chris Nelson in a room, remember uh, the old scabies incident of yeah. 2002? I had scabies. I didn't understand how the like, health worked. And I uh, took a mattress out of like a friend's garage that had been in there for years and just like threw it on the floor and put a sheet over it and infected the entire house with scabies, which are just like bed bugs, except instead of biting you, they burrow into your skin. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not a good thing. So more embarrassing than that. Yeah. I, uh, I got locked in my room. I was with a friend last night having some drinks and I left my room key inside my room. So I go to the front desk, and I'm like, hey, I'm in uh, room 80. Can you uh, give me a new key? And they're like, uh, certainly, uh, Mr. Jessel, do you just have some ID? And I'm like, no, but you know what? I'm going to pull a cool move here. I take out my phone, and I Google myself. And I say, listen, this worked the other day when I was, like, buying jeans. And I used a credit card. They were like, do you have ID? I said, no, I lost my wallet, but look at this. And I Google myself. And I'm like, okay, like, we'll accept that. So I do that at the front desk. Really? And they are, yeah, they took it. <laughs> and so I was, like, all proud of myself. I was, like, bragging to friends about it. At the front desk, I was like, here, look at this. And they're like kind of looking at it, but kind of like looking at me like I'm trying to pay with Monopoly money, you know? And like someone's behind me ready to check in. And they keep trying to move me out of the way. I'm like, no, no, no just look at this. If you look <laughs> at this and look at me, like I just had a Netflix special. And they're like, oh. please move over. That's in prayers. And right behind me uh, checking in was Steven Tyler. <laughs> uh, from and I was like, okay, <laughs> I am not a celebrity at all. Uh, please let me in my room. And they, they did. Can you yeah. at the airport, by the way? Can you do that? Just forget your ID. Flash the Jeselnik special and see what happens. Not since 9-11. <laughs> That's Brandon Marcus, by the way. That's the our, producer. Uh, our crack staff producer. Uh, well, yeah, the reaction that they had initially, like, yeah, you're you're crazy. That That's kind of what I would expect to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were right. They were full-blown right. I was not uh, – I was I was weird. I'm just surprised. Uh, how's Steven Tyler looking? He's recognizable still? 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's no one who looks quite like Steven Tyler. And I think Steven Tyler is awesome. People can make their jokes. But he's Steven Tyler, man. He's Steven Tyler. How has uh, this week been, uh, of course, the tragedies in France over the weekend? And one of the things I immediately thought of, which is stupid and sad maybe, but the, one of the things I immediately thought of was that your timeline, like on Twitter, is going to be going crazy because your special thoughts and prayers is kind of addressing the, the sentiment that happens after tragedies. Like yeah, it was an interesting week, uh, and I'll be kind of serious uh, for a moment. Like my special, uh, check it out if you haven't, uh, Netflix, Thoughts and Prayers. Um, and, and like the, kind of the, it ends by talking about that, like uh, the hollow sentiment of like tweeting out or going on Facebook and writing, my thoughts and prayers are with you. And I, people kind of, it was weird to see because it's like this tragedy is going, people are reacting to it, and then it's like my face is popping up. Like people are using kind of my argument against them and sometimes misquoting me. Some people putting up like YouTube clips that like cut out, like kind of took out parts of the joke, which was weird to see. And I think people kind of missed the point too that I'm not against expressing sentiment. Mm. If you're upset and you want to express it on Twitter, on Facebook, go ahead. I'm against hollow sentiment in any form. So it was kind of weird just to see this tragedy unfold and then to be kind of made a part of it. And people keep tweeting like, "Where's your joke? Yeah, where's your joke about this?" I, I saw that made, a lot. I made a comment like I was, I was. Uh, I was talking about my friend's special that came out that day, and I kind of equated the two. Like, you know, uh, speaking of tragedies, go check out my friend John Mulaney's Netflix special. He's a good <laughs> friend of mine. He thought it was funny. But people keep saying, like, where's your joke? Like, I want a harder joke. Where's your joke? And one thing I'll say is that I don't like being told what to do. Yes. Um, aggressively, I, I reject that. And I don't care if you're my biggest enemy, my biggest critic, or my biggest fan. Shut your mouth. Like I don't, I don't tweet because you ask me to. So seeing or people, your friend, I could say no. Yeah, if you were like, "Hey, where's your joke?" I'd be like, "Okay, uh, go f yourself," which will be an edit uh, for sure. Um, so yeah, it was it was interesting to to see those uh, to see those this week. But I, I wonder if I, maybe I made a difference. Maybe someone gave money as opposed to just you know writing something on mm. on their wall, patting yourself on the back. Now I'm I'm thinking like if there is a silver lining, maybe that's it. But I would see, I think a lot of people really rejected the hollow notion. Like there was one of my favorites, Chris D'Elia, a, a comic friend of mine, retweeted a guy who had like six pack abs, you know, and he took a selfie of himself with the Eiffel Tower peace symbol uh. on his abs. It was hilarious. So maybe, maybe I've made a difference in this world. Yeah, you might have prevented some hollow sentiments being out there. I mean, yeah, I noticed that. Like everyone tried to dig up whatever picture they had when they visited France. Of course. Essentially. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not against that as so much as just being like my thoughts and prayers and leaving it at that. Like, but it's more up. the like, hey, here, don't forget about me. Exactly, don't forget about me today. I'm a part of this too. It it's actually it reminds me a little bit of when Brandon, uh, our producer, tried to suggest, and we'll get into this maybe another time. Um, but when you tried to suggest a, a you know social social media at the NFL wanted to promote our show, but like nothing in our show was remotely promotable. So they suggested like doing some sort of top five list, and uh, and once Brandon or you know they just suggested any, you basically just shut them down, told yeah, them to I shut just, up. I said we're absolutely not going to do that. No, Nobody. I suggested something last week. <laughs> Anthony just stared at me. No, I just said we're not going to do that. No, like, there's like, no argument here. He's like, you have anything else? I'm like, no. He's like, all right, not doing it. Maybe yeah. next week. Yeah. No. I, uh, Little spoiler alert. We will we will do some fun lists maybe in the future, but not not today. We'll we'll work on making a. A good one of our own. We've got a I'll good fan base right now. I'll do it my way. Without the social. My way or the highway. So we, we've had a lot of listeners uh, that have enjoyed the podcast. We appreciate all of you. 
Um, but I've been most surprised about how it's really taken off in the Rosenthal and Justin Lick families. Yes, our mothers. <laughs> our mothers both both commented independently this week, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, and it's, uh, the, the difference between the comments were great. Uh, you start. What did your What did your mom say about the podcast? Uh, she's <laughs> she tweeted. Uh, she texted me last Thursday. She, she listened very quickly. Casanova Frankenstein! Exclamation! Exclamation! <laughs> <laughs> that, of course, if you you know you didn't you missed the show or don't remember, that was the name of our bong in college. Which I immediately started thinking, God, do I really want my parents even listening to this? Uh, learning lots about my son. Animal cruelty, hard to take. Maybe a metaphor for the NFL. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Fun flow between you and Anthony Bookbit. Great addition. And then she's got some emojis with a clapping hand, some happy faces. Overall, she she's really charmed charmed by it. But when I talked to her on the phone, yeah, the she she did say the animal cruelty she thought was, was just tough for her. See, that's really funny because of my mom's reaction. Like my mom, of course, <laughs> has been beaten down by my career the past uh the past decade. Well you make jokes about her. Well not it's not really her, but a character that's it's your not mom her, and dad essentially. Exactly. And they're all extremely offensive <laughs> and like and, and horrible. So my mom has, has been able to get gotten used to it. She said her comment was she loved everything. Uh, I, I've kind of trained her just to enjoy it, but she could not stand. She wasn't upset about the animal cruelty. She was upset about the constant repetition of touchdown Airbud. <laughs> touchdown Airbud. That is what that was. What her problem was that drove her crazy, uh, and I, which I thought was very funny. And then she said something that broke my heart. She said, uh, "It was just nice to get to hear how you're doing." And be able to like like hear about how your life is going. I didn't know you were moving to a new apartment. Like it's nice to be able to catch up with you. And my like heart broke. I sent her. I sent my mom a case of wine yesterday. Really? I mailed her a case wow. of wine. And I promise you, mom, I will call you once a week, every week, until one of us dies. <laughs> Probably be her, just statistically. That's more likely. I don't know. I don't know. Actually, After the couple, last couple of weeks I've had, I uh, I'm cruising I've seen for a how you are living it right go. right now. I'm surprised um, surprised by your mom's reaction in general. Uh, just that she she wasn't more negative. Well, well, that yeah, basically, <laughs> that she wasn't more negative. And like, who doesn't enjoy Airbud? That was a great bit. Touchdown, Airbud. I mean, shout out to all the. Uh, I don't know why I'm doing shout outs. It's like ten years ago, fourteen <laughs> year old girl or something. But uh, I really appreciated everyone. Really jumped onto the the Airbud phenomenon and tweeted at at me and Anthony or just me all week. There were some really funny, funny pictures, some funny clips out there. It seems to really be taking over uh, the populace. You got any other shout-outs, Queen Latifah? Can we move on? <laughs> That's it. All Let's right. uh, do what we cut. Let's do what we cut. I used to both be a big, fine L, and watch a whole lot of basketball and Seinfeld troop stills. That was your old Droog, his brand-new song, Basketball and Seinfeld. He gave me a shout-out last week. Speaking of uh, shout-outs, uh, for playing his song so many times last week. And we got in trouble with the NFL. Not in trouble, but they said that we are not allowed to play the same song over and over again. We can only play it once. Unless we have permission. So Euro Drug would be the one exception. Because I think he basically has given us permission when he said, I F-U-X with you. Which, by the way, did not get edited at all no. last week. I was a little surprised about that. Um, it's all about spelling. It's all about the spelling. So let's look at what did get cut from last week. Um, uh, this is If you don't listen to the show, often you should. And what we do is we, uh, I, the NFL gets to edit whatever they like from the podcast, uh, but I get to talk about it the next week of actually what they cut out. I don't always remember what it is, but I will tell you uh, to the best of my ability. Um, again, we, I got in trouble um, talking about uh, breast cancer. 
Um, I don't even know what I actually said, but I talked about uh, the makeup ladies uh, here at the NFL Network um, and breast cancer. Uh, then we talked about um, Rex's, uh, Rex Ryan's tattoo. Um, I know he has a tattoo of uh, – what's his tattoo of? He's got a tattoo of uh, which player for the Bills now on his arm. Well, he's he's got, no, it's his wife in a Bills jersey. Right. And I was going to say he's got a, a tattoo – of uh, I can't I'm Kampala. Am I, I'm not saying that right. I'm I K and Impale. I K and Impale. He got a tattoo of uh, I K and Impale, edited for content, which of course was edited, and I'm sure will be edited this week. Yeah, you really you need to talk around it. Remember the second time. I know. And keep repeating it. I know. Segment. I know. I do what I want. Um, after that, uh, we had a uh, joke. Of the, actually, a lot of people texted me. My brother texted me to ask me what I said about what the worst job in America is. Uh, it was someone's girlfriend. I won't say who, but if you listen, you will know who I'm talking about. Um, and then another uh, reference to, uh, I, I said the word stopped in his tracks as, as if he was Blank's girlfriend. Again, a very insensitive thing to say. I said uh, something about a, a major tragedy in this country being an inside job, um, which I don't stand by, but I think it's funny to say. Uh, then another reference, we've gotten this edited out every single week. I'm sure this week will be no different. A certain player's bed full of uh, And then Greg, actually, this is what you got bleeped. You said the word uh, So if you think of, I, I'm sure that got bleeped right now. He said Richard Nixon's nickname. Tricky blank. Greg said that, and it was edited. What is this, password or something? I'm trying to talk around it. I'm trying to get into this. You're, you've got the potty mouth. I'm just trying to clean it up. And that was what we cut. Everybody and their mother want to rap now. Tell them cut a check for a young and I'm going to cash out. That was Mac Miller. Mac Miller, Pittsburgh's second favorite son. All right. Anthony, you brought me to a Mac Miller show. That's right. It's pretty exciting. It was a great time. Sat in the back or stood in the back, felt old. Yeah, and then we got to go up in the front like champions. They just came up and gave us passes. You know why? <laughs> for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> Let's get into headlines, Greg. The NFL apologized this week uh, for not considering colorblind folk like myself when they rolled out color rush jerseys. Now, this is all the way back last Thursday night. You might remember the Bills and the Jets played on Thursday night football. The NFL, uh, it was very bright. It was bright green, bright red. It was on the green field. And immediately when this happened, I started watching the game. I I talked to my friend Chris Wessling right next to me, who's on the Around the NFL podcast, and uh, I said, "Clay, can you? Is, are these uniforms giving you? Can you tell the difference between the Bills and the Jets right now?" And he looked at me like I was absolutely <laughs> crazy. I was like, "It looks like there's 22 guys on the same team." And so I tweeted out something about it very quickly, and uh, the colorblind people of America stood up and they were heard. It blew up. You know, who, you know who else is colorblind? Airbud. <laughs> Touchdown. Airbud, which is another reason why Airbud would never make it in this league. Um, I thought it was funny. I saw your tweet, and you were kind of like the, on the forefront of reporting on this story as a colorblind person. I'm, I myself am not colorblind. Yeah. Um, although I do wear glasses sometimes when I drive at night. I don't want to come off. It's too not perfect. really. It's not really the same. I don't want to seem like I'm like you know a, a superior human being. Um, I, I'm just like everybody else. I put my pants on one leg at a time. Uh, but I thought it was very funny because it reminded me of Greg being colorblind in college. Uh, quick story. Greg, for the three years that we lived together in houses after the dorms, Greg had green carpet in his room in every single place. You had like a dark green carpet. And you also owned one bathing suit. And it was a red bathing suit. How do so you... Anytime, because anytime we would go swimming, we would go tubing, we would do anything that needed a bathing suit, we'd all be like, all right, you guys ready to go? Let's leave at noon. We'd be like, all right, we're all waiting. We're like, where's Greg? Where's Greg? And we would always go into your room, 
and you would be just wandering around your room like in a daze looking for uh, your red bathing suit, which you could not see, <laughs> and it would be right in front of you every single time. It just sat on your floor, and we would have to find your bathing suit. This I don't know why you didn't get a different colored carpet or a different <laughs> colored bathing suit, but, uh, but without me as your friend, you never would have gone swimming in college. First of all, this is a, this is a made-up story. I don't think this is true. This is 100% true. How many why would I make that up? How many times do you go swimming in college? Okay, we went tubing maybe a couple times out in Louisiana. Yeah, we'd go whatever. to the levee and you'd, you'd want to bathe yeah, in swimming. Maybe. The maybe it was shorts. I don't believe that, though. This seems like something you made up what? made up on your own. It's 100% true. Well, it, it does you know bring a point up that the colorblind people, you know, people forget about, you know, when you're talking about different diseases, disabilities, not a lot of people have a lot of sympathy for the colorblind, but that example right there. I think shows should, the kind of obstacles we have. I think they should be allowed to be pilots. I think only I think only colorblind people should be allowed to fly planes. One thing about music when it hit you feel no pain. White folks that controls your brain. I know better than that. That's game, man. We ready for that. Two soldiers headed back. Matter of fact, who got it? That was dead press. That was a lot of dead press. Yeah. We played we played uh, a lot of that. That was uh, one of the best verses ever though. It's a great song. It's great. It's a great song. No opposition here. Thanks, Brandon. Uh, you know, Anthony did a, I, we, we should get a video in here at least just to show, we don't need to tape the whole thing, but just to show the moves Anthony's doing between each. I've got one dance headline. I got one dance and I knock it out of the park. Cam Newton's got a lot of dances. He combines them. Love it. Love he's, this Cam Newton dance controversy. He's, he's got the dad. He likes to dab on them folks. I don't even know where that came from. He, I don't even think really know where it came from. It sounded like a, maybe a 16 year old brother said he would really like Cam Newton to kind of throw that into the mix when he scored his touchdown. And when he did against Tennessee to put the game away last week, you know, the Titans players, especially Avery Williamson, was not happy that Cam was doing about a 10-second, you know, multi-pronged dance. Avery Williamson comes over, yells at him a little bit, and then Cam, in response, instead of, like, yelling back, just aggressively starts to send dance moves like it's a rap, like a dance battle right back at Avery Williamson's It was amazing. It was amazing. Like, Cam Newton is now my favorite non-stealer in the league. And I I do not like rooting for anyone else except for Mm. my Steelers. But Cam is awesome for this anyone who's like saying he shouldn't be doing it i think at first i think it's like borderline racist and totally wrong like someone who was the guy who was like oh he's not like a he's not a diva wide receiver he shouldn't be doing that like it's okay for wide receivers to dance right running backs but not a quarterback if you're if every single player on the field the whole entire other team is trying to kill you and then you do that when you get in the end zone you're putting the biggest target on yourself i think it's the coolest thing you can possibly do he is hardcore you, in my book. you know who loves it Fans, when I was a kid, I mean, you love Deion Sanders dancing. Uh, teammates love it. Uh, Cam Newton had, you know, a great point. He said, "I'm a firm believer. If you don't like me to do it, then don't let me in in the end zone, man." Exactly. Get Maddie scored on you. Don't get Maddie's dancing. So Maddie loves dancing. It's in the Bible. <laughs> the Bible loves Cam Newton. Uh, I was most taken aback by the letter that the Charlotte Observer printed from an angry Panthers fan who is like a, a local CEO of a company. I believe she has season tickets. And and this to me, the fact that they printed it was objectionable. I think that the paper put it in the Absolutely. paper at all. Absolutely. It's like, it's like, this is Nashville, not the town from Footloose. Here's, I'm going to read, <laughs> I'm going to read my favorite parts of this letter. Um, because of where we sat, 
we had a close-up view of your conduct in the fourth quarter. The chest puffs, the pelvic thrusts, the arrogant struts, and the in-your-face taunting of both the Titans players and fans. We saw it all. <laughs> Skip down. My daughter sensed the change immediately and started asking questions. Won't he get in trouble for doing that? Is he trying to make people mad? Do you think he knows he looks like a spoiled brat? <laughs> I didn't have great answers for her, and honestly, in an effort to minimize your negative impact and what was otherwise a really fun day, I redirected her attention to the cheerleaders and mascot. <laughs> is, that, is that what your coach and mentors modeled for you, Mr. Newton? This woman <laughs> sounds, like a, a, sounds like a damn Simpsons character. Doesn't seem like she's, it's, that you have to be insane to write this letter, to be that upset? You don't understand how to explain to your kids that he scored a touchdown and celebrated? What a moron. <laughs> Started dancing. I love it. I mean, you yeah, almost had me in tears there. Anthony Jessel, like showing <laughs> off his acting chops. That was good stuff. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, the wife. The, the, Touchdown. <laughs> Air Bud. Uh, the woman Sorry, Mom. was hysteric and hysterical. And you're going to have a lot harder things to explain. If you're having the harder times with that and then your answer to uh to the problems. Oh, uh let's go look at the women. Go point go look at the women in skimpy outfits getting paid below minimum wage uh to dance around. That's that's a better that's a better idea. Yeah, try to figure out why the Titans have a mascot. <laughs> Maybe that should be the question. Uh so Mike Malarkey, uh the coach of the Titans, uh had a comment on it after the game. This was really I think what what kickstarted the whole thing. I think there's a whole, <laughs> whole lot of people frustrated by it. You know, that's uh little rubbing in your face type of deal, which there's a little code ethics in the NFL and uh, not a good move. You know, he's just, uh, but I am proud of him. I'm proud of what he did, stood up for our team. What code of ethics? No dancing code of ethics? It doesn't make any sense at all. It was a joyful celebration. Keep him out of the end zone. If you don't want him dancing. I don't want, yeah, I don't want to get too deep into this, but it's, it's a couple of days after a pretty big tragedy and people just treating this like it's like people take football so seriously. I think that's one of the reasons why I I love my job and that I've had a good, you know, I'm happy with my career and all that. It's because like, because I just enjoy it because it's football. That's the whole point of it. It's fun. It's sports. Like I never take it that seriously. Yeah, have fun. I think you should do a dance every single time they do anything. Like if you ever watched. Touchdown. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Have you ever seen, like, Grambling versus Southern every year? It's the best game of the year because no matter what happens, someone's dancing. <laughs> someone's going to dance. And I think that's how the NFL should be. And it's on NBC every year, too. So everyone gets to see it. Exactly. Yeah. Another great wow. dance on NBC, and this is what pe- people loved it, was the Drew Stanton celebration, which I also loved. You know, yeah. I mean, okay. that was, like, one of the most amazing things ever when, when the backup quarterback on the, on the Cardinals, if you didn't see it, I'm, I'm sure you did, uh, you know, does his, like, super white guy, like, Dan, like, immediately Emma got – my wife texted me and was just like, oh, my God, that was the funniest thing I've ever seen. It was great. It was great. It was hilarious. It was it was like the opposite of Cam Newton's dance. You know, one guy's got rhythm, one guy doesn't. <laughs> I'll let you guys figure out who's who. But people love the Drew Stanton dance. The same people who got mad about about Cam Newton dancing love Drew Stanton. And I think, I think the answer is racism. Wow. League-wide. Not afraid to tackle the serious subjects. I really enjoyed I thought you would enjoy this, too, because you're – you're kind of a wrestling. I don't know if you're a wrestling fan, but a little bit, yeah. You like back in the day, you I like the whole, I don't know, the whole 
mindset or strategy behind wrestling a little. Yeah, bit. I like the I like kind of like the bad guy wrestlers. You know, like Ravishing Rick Rude was like a huge influence on me as a as a person. <laughs> it's, it's, he's not even making a joke. That's no, that's, that's totally true. true. Uh, and Carson Palmer, who's usually the good guy, kind of did a little bit of a heel turn, which I loved when when the wrestlers turned bad in Seattle, and he does the big uh, suck it to the crowd, which you just do not expect from Carson Palmer. That was outstanding. Yeah, it was like a half a suck it. It wasn't like the full X across. It was kind okay. of like a like a hip thrust, which I like. Like he kind of knew he would get in trouble, but he mm. still had to do it, which I, I appreciated from him. I think that was great. Like what would what would your what would your celebration be? You know what I mean? If you were gonna have a celebration for us, what would your what would your football celebration be? Well, I don't know if you know, but I'm an expert on this because I was a guest. I was one of the analysts on the top ten touchdown celebrations ever on uh, that NFL. Was, that was a thing. That was that's a thing. To show, <laughs> I talked about Steve Smith's celebration. Uh, every celebration has been done, and there's so many rules. It's really hard to think of something that hasn't been done, especially with the ball and everything. But one thing that's never been done, which I think would be really fun in this scenario, I'm 135 pounds, right? I'm a five foot five, 135 pound football player, so I'm not going to get in the end zone too often. I'm going to, you know, just use my bullets. I would take the ball and I would just run over to the other sideline and throw the ball as hard as I could at some other player on the team like no one's ever done that that would, not, be, that would be great this is true you'd get a penalty but so not the person who was like defending you or tried to tackle you you were just running like a random player. no like if i didn't like team. drew stanton maybe i would just go over <laughs> to someone that that i think would be funny to just throw the ball like yeah, right at him that, that would, would be good fun. that would be good i would appreciate if you did that i would appreciate that my my move would be kind of like the throat slash gesture you know what i mean like with the thumb like the throat that got banned only across my crotch <laughs> you know what i mean like i don't even need my junk to be a bigger man than you. You know what I mean? Like, take my junk away. Cut it off, and I'll still win. Like, that would be... That's how good I am. All I have in this world is a pistol and a promise. A fist full of dollars. A list full of problems. I dress them like P.O. boxes. Yeah, I'm from New Orleans. The Creole cockpit. That was Little Wayne. Mm. The Wayne. Yeah, we can't... We can't play the same song twice, but we can still play all the Little Wayne that we oh want. My God. That's we, one we of can my. Go on for years. That's one of my. Never repeat a Little Wayne song. It's one of my favorite ones. Ben Roethlisberger, your boy, came back in the lineup. Maybe there is no Rosenthal and Jesselnick vanity project curse. RJVP. <laughs> Never gets old. Uh, maybe there is no curse because Land no Landry Jones got hurt, and then in comes Ben Roethlisberger, saves the day, has a great game against the Browns. And Antonio Brown, who had another unbelievable performance, did what I think was the best celebration of the entire year, even topping Cam Newton, doing a front flip into the end zone. It was amazing because he literally, like, flipped into the end zone. You know what I mean? Like, he, it was his momentum. If he just stopped mid-flip, he wouldn't have been in the end zone. Like, it was the most perfect, like, video game play I've ever seen. I loved it. I thought it was the coolest flip ever. I think it was one of the best celebrations of all time because it was part of the play. He was he was celebrating before he even hit the end zone. Like he combined the celebration with the play with like unbelievable athleticism yeah. and and it got me thinking. Like Antonio Brown right now, this is more of a point, you know, I probably would make on the other podcast since you don't care at all about my football opinions. <laughs> <laughs> but Antonio Brown right now the last year and a half, he's had about as good a year and a half as any receiver I've seen. And and people don't think of Antonio Brown like in that way that he has a chance. And right now, to me, he is playing like an all-time great, and I think the greatest Steelers receiver I've ever seen. 
That's very possible. I think that a couple things here. I think if Roethlisberger isn't getting injured, I think Antonio Brown is in the MVP conversation. He's mm-hmm. that he's that good, record breaking, one of the best duos wide receivers. Here's your ever. hot take of the week. I I also think Ben telling him not to do flips anymore. I, I I agree because watching it, I was like, I can't believe you didn't tear everything that ends with a CL. Like I would think you would destroy yourself by doing that kind of a flip in in, uh, in, in mid sprint. Is Ben really but, the guy to be giving like safety advice? Well, exactly. Well, Ben uh, with Ben thing with the Ben thing, you can't tell someone not to do a backflip unless you yourself can do a backflip. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's the only that's the criteria for being able to tell someone that. And I'll tell you this: we're going to talk about best Steelers wide receivers ever. Brown still is behind one man, and that is my favorite Steelers player of all time, Heinz Ward. Heinz Ward may not have made the plays that Brown can make, but Heinz Ward broke linebackers' jaws Keith on special Rivers. teams blocks. Like, he was the most badass wide receiver ever, the toughest dude of all time. I love Heinz Ward. So it's going to take a little while before I, uh, buy, I get that, Browns, that Brown jersey. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. I mean, Ward had a longer run. He's uh, you know, going to have a potential Hall of Fame career. Uh, oh, for sure. Sh- a lock. I guess what am I even talking a about? Lot. Yeah, he, he's definitely uh, a Hall of Famer. Uh, the Pittsburgh fan, though, always gets into this, and I, and I get it. It's like you guys kind of consider yourself like, hey, we're, we're Steel City. It's like we like that rugged defense. Like you loved like Jerome Bettis, you know. You love like you love Heinz Ward more than Antonio Brown, who does like the fancy, don't, don't, fancy I, I, football I'm not going to choose between my children. I just think the Browns got a little ways to go. Before. It's like with my parents. I'm the oldest of five. I'm, I'm the clear favorite, but they would never say that. You know what I mean? <laughs> they would never say that out loud. Heinz Ward, I know, has uh, somehow gotten into your life recently, which is a big thrill for you. <laughs> you totally sound like true. he's hiding under my bed. I no, uh, I got an email the other day. This is, like, this is like part of the world that the podcast has been opening up to me. Uh, that <laughs> Heinz Ward is starting a podcast, and the, uh, the email is like, would Anthony uh, want to be his first guest? And I was like, of course, Heinz Ward is my favorite player. I have no idea what that podcast is going to be. I can't believe he's like has the balls. To have me on as his first guest, it, it seems to me like it could be like an Artie Lang, Joe Buck situation. Yeah. Like ruin Joe Buck's life. But, and I haven't heard back since I said, of course, I will do this. So mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see what happens. But just to get to meet Heinz Ward again, I shook his hand once outside of Giant Eagle. But, uh, but just to meet him again, it would be, would be a thrill. That would be amazing. That would be one of those things uh, that if you had told a 20-year-old Anthony Jesselnick that Heinz Ward will somehow start like a radio-like program that you listen to on your iPod and that he would want you to be his first guest is a, is a pretty ridiculous thing. Now that said, I wonder like who is thinking of connecting you with him? Like, is it Heinz himself? Like, is it, do they know what your your comedy, like what guy, this is a surprising podcast choice for Heinz Ward considering the milk toast analysis he usually gives up on NBC. Sure. I think that people are just excited like to find a way to get me out of doing this podcast. Follow the funk from the skunk in the tank that is crunk in the dungeon. It goes on and on and on like that. Going out to the cheeks and the hoes and the legs. That was Outcast. One of my favorite songs. ATL. Hootie Who. Hootie Who. One of Connor Grace's favorite songs right there. Ooh, a shout out. Yeah. Uh, big week for Brett Favre this week. Let's be honest. Uh, Peyton Manning broke his career passing yardage record but it could not have gone any better for Brett Favre. A disastrous game for Peyton Manning. And then Brett Favre had a little comment about it, a, a video that he posted on the Internet. Peyton, I'm in a tree stand. 
Yeah, you've interrupted me again. Anyway, man, I'm very happy for you. Congrats. But now you have to take them all away. Good luck, man. You're the best. <laughs> I love it so much. It's totally... First of all, it's 100% insincere. <laughs> he couldn't be less happy for Peyton Manning doing any of this. Um, and he's and he's like he's in a tree. He's clearly still hiding from his wife. It's been years. <laughs> it's been years since he texted anyone anything. But he's still in the forest, like the like the like the damn Blair Witch, <laughs> hiding from his wife, recording messages. It is uh, it is a hilarious video. I love whenever they have someone congratulating someone for breaking their own record. It couldn't be less sincere. Why do you do it? I'd rather have it like cut to Brett Favre being like. Like, <laughs> <laughs> which would be a totally natural response, especially from Brett Favre, who we know cares so much about yes. the individual records. And if he somehow knew the situation that Peyton Manning was in at the moment, that he Peyton Manning only needed three yards to break the record. Before he did that, he threw an interception. Then he did break the record. They stopped the game for a second. The very next play was a third down where it was an incompletion, so they punted. Then he throws three more interceptions the worst day of Peyton Manning's career completely ruined everything and then at the end of this video Brett Favre sticks that in a little bit oh now you got to take them all away yeah I mean, he knows they're not taking them all the way he's like yeah try to take them all the way just like I did with that last broken Vikings team good luck buddy <laughs> it's my favorite congrats like insincere congrats since like Dan Marino would do them and Dan Marino was like gritted teeth <laughs> Like, they would show him the Jumbotron, and he's, he's clearly furious. They had to do ten takes to get him through it, and he's just like, he's so mad that people still play football after Dan Marino retired. That was Feromange. Uh. One of my faves. Sound bombing. Burn, 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 burn. Uh, Andy Dalton has been in the news this week. He... Struggled on Monday Night Football, uh, worst game of the year against the Texans, first loss for the Bengals. They're back uh, in the spotlight this week against Arizona, but and Andy is getting a lot of attention, and it really all started with J.J. Watt from the Texans, his comments after the game. Our goal was to come out here and make uh, the Red Rifle look like a Red Rider BB gun, and I think we did that <laughs> Wow. Tonight. <laughs> wow. I love what are you wowing? It couldn't have been like a less of an insult. <laughs> that that's ESPN's Lisa Salter's uh you know, really giving giving him the wow. And that was it was such a staged, uh, just almost a annoying moment from JJ Watt. And I think the country was ready to turn on JJ Watt for a couple minutes, yep. but Andy Dalton didn't let it happen. And disappointed in him to I mean for the integrity of this game. You know, I have a lot of respect for him. He he play, he's a really good player. And so there's a lot, of, a lot of kids and a lot of people that look up to him. And for him to make comments like that, they may, he's just showing that, you know, yeah, that's acceptable to, to, to do that kind of stuff and say that kind of stuff. <laughs> Andy Dalton, what are you doing? You're, a, you're an NFL quarterback. You can't act like that. You're supposed to be like an ego. Like, I can do anything. I can fly if I wanted to. I'm going to win every game. Talking about the integrity of the game by going from the red rifle to a, to a BB gun. That's, you couldn't handle it? You had to speak out on the matter? What a loser. He, he, imagine if you own an Andy Dalton jersey like right now. You have to get rid of it. You have to just have give to. it. I don't care who you get, Gio Bernard, like get an old Icky Woods. It doesn't make a difference. Like that is an embarrassment. Don't even point. just – they should like – everyone in Cincinnati should drop their Dalton jerseys off and they should be given to grandmothers. <laughs> 
because that's the kind of people who talk like that. You know who? You know who? You know who you can give it to? Is that is that woman who wrote the letter in Carolina? Yeah, give it to her. She wanted. She, she uh, talk about integrity of the game. No dancing and no, no, no making slightly different puns about someone's <laughs> nickname. It was great because. It was such a it was such a mild insult. And just like imagine if imagine if you were in high school and someone made that lame of a response, and then that and that was your response. Uh, so, sorry, yeah. like we gotta we gotta talk about the integrity. Like let let's be real men around here. Yeah, JJ Watt practically read that off of his hand. <laughs> Andy Welton though made it worse on Wednesday, like as if he couldn't. He, I didn't think he could make it possibly worse, but Did on, he Wednesday, down? He, on Wednesday, no, he did, I would have respected him doubly down actually more. When he talked about it on Wednesday, he realized um, it had become a story, and he said, what I did was I responded to what someone had said, and on my part, I shouldn't have reacted without hearing. My comments were unwarranted, and I'm moving yeah, on. So His comments were unwarranted. Wait, are you, are you talking to us, Brandon? <laughs> I did not realize my mic was on. <laughs> All right. That's our producer, Brandon. Sorry. Now no, let's go back. Let's no, go back. let's leave that in. I like No that. way. The Andy Dalton of producers. Let's go back. <laughs> oh, this is great. It, Brandon, we're, we're going to truck forward. Yeah, let's just go through Let's just go right through this. <laughs> let's just go right through it. I mean, do you want to apologize? Do you want to talk about the integrity of the podcast? <laughs> All right. Uh, then uh, let's move on. <laughs> when I come home, I come home, I know I'm going to be, I'm going to be the man. That was the Proclaimers, <laughs> shockingly enough. Uh, that was a song that was played at Greg's wedding. I'm not joking. We were all into it, though. We were all into it. Uh, this, is a, this is one of my favorite stories. Uh, kind of our, our story of the week about Ed Har- uh, Greg Hardy. Sorry. Uh, Ed Hardy, Greg Hardy. I confused the two uh, because I, I have owned so many clothes made by both of them. Um, <laughs> uh, Greg Hardy was late for work this past week. Uh, the headline was Greg Hardy Tardy, which uh, made me furious. Um, and, and they say he didn't sleep in. He was late to practice. He did not sleep in. And I know he didn't sleep in. Uh, if he's sleeping on Greg Hardy's bed full of <laughs> Unless, unless he's using a new product. Ooh. Uh, Andy Dalton's uh, pillow full of tears. That was that was pavement. I'm so mad right now. <laughs> well, I thought we should have an extra long clip what? to bring you back to uh, what it was like to be driving oh. cross country. Those memories. This is what happens when I let you choose the music. Yeah, I thought we had more rap still, but I guess we're we're into the pavement portion of the show. Edited to keep your interest. That was Yo-Yo Ma. Yo-Yo Ma. Last uh, story of the week, Charlie Sheen announced on the Today Show he is HIV positive. And uh, I just I thought of uh, the roast that you did with Charlie yeah, Sheen. It was kind of very, a classic Charlie Sheen way. He wasn't doing it to spread awareness. He wasn't doing it to uh, you know like help people accept the disease. He was doing it so people would stop blackmailing him because he often has to tell prostitutes that he is HIV positive and then pay them extra to not use a condom, and he has to pay them extra money to not tell people that. So he said, you know what, let me save some money on the Today Show and tell people I have HIV, which uh, it makes me love him even more. Um, 
he was, a, he was, I got to meet him once doing the roast. My favorite story about him is that he cleaned up really well for the roast. He, had, he kind of looked like he was in shape, like he wasn't doing any drugs. And I was like, oh, Charlie's on the wagon. That's good, good for him. And I, I meet him at a, a party the night before the roast and at his manager's house. And he's talking to me. And he's holding what looks like a beer, but it looks like a non-alcoholic beer. It's got like a weird label. Mm. And I'm like, Charlie, that's it. What, are you, what are you drinking right now? And he's like, oh, uh, this is a marijuana-infused beer I got from <laughs> Amsterdam. And I'm like, what is that? He's like, it's a beer. That's like a high in alcohol content and has THC in it. He's like, you want one? And I said, Charlie, I've got to do a roast tomorrow just <laughs> like you. That's like him being on the wagon is just, just sticking to marijuana-infused beer, which is uh, why he's one of the greatest actors of this generation. Sounds like an amazing product, though. Yeah. Sounds great. Sounds great. I don't, I don't need to mix them. You know what I mean? I can, I can have a beer in one hand and marijuana in the other. Especially not the night before roast. Yeah, day off. Yes. Remind me who that is. Remind me who that is. I'm sad to say it's Gangstar, who's Gangstar. one of the greatest rap uh, duos ever, but oh. released one of the worst rap songs ever, and then put it on their greatest hits, too. That was on their greatest hits? I think so, yeah. We listened to that song a lot in college. But uh, just because it was so bad. Hilarious. Uh, Greg, who is the listener of the week? Listener of the week this week is one of, I mean, it couldn't possibly be more special. Touchdown. Airbud. It's Airbud. Airbud. What? It's Airbud himself. No, explain. Explain this yourself. Airbud. Airbud is a dog. Airbud is a dog, but <laughs> we tweeted out some Airbud, or some people were tweeting out some Airbud like comments uh, after the podcast. I think I made a joke like, you know, this podcast has some Rex Ryan talk, etc., and and too much Airbud. Yes, you said too much. Air too Bud. much Airbud and Airbud. Airbud. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. I love you. Uh, I don't. Uh, <laughs> Airbud has a Twitter account. It's verified. And he tweeted at us. He tweeted at some of our listeners. And Airbud said what I believe to be true, which is that you can never have too much Airbud. Um, first of all, you're the one who tweeted that we talked about too much Airbud. So what do you mean you know it's true? Uh, you know, to people? sometimes I don't know if you know this, but for comedic effect, maybe you throw a little sarcasm in. Huh. You know, I didn't really think there was too much Airbud, but it just kind of like gets the people thinking about Airbud. God, you got so many arrows in your quiver. <laughs> you can do it all. Um, all right, I'll I'll accept Airbud as our uh, listener of the week. Um, rotten hell, Airbud. Oh, rotten hell. What does that even mean? Well, it is kind of amazing though. Not only is he a dog that um, you know gets basketballs and other products thrown off his head uh, and uh, managed to survive all those concussions, and 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 he's dead, I believe, the original Airbud. But he's able to run a Twitter account. Yeah, it's. I mean, how did he even set it up? And he only has two thousand followers. Yeah, follow Airbud people. You're gonna get some great hilarity, like, like the, uh, like the very serious R.I.P. tweet about the dog <laughs> killed uh, during. Edited because Mrs. Rosenthal doesn't like that kind of talk. A <laughs> uh, moment of silence. Touchdown, Airbud. Anthony wanted to <laughs> Anthony wanted to have a uh, a contest, Brandon. I I nixed this where we oh. had a moment. It wasn't even necessarily to this. It was to some 
potential other uh, stories that were out there this week that we had a contest of how long our moment of silence could be, like whether we could do it for four minutes. It seemed yeah. absolutely Four terrible. minutes? You can't do it for four seconds. It would have been, that's, I mean, you know, I think it would have been, uh, I think it would have been really solemn. I also want to uh, give some credit to uh, Nate W19 because each week we do uh, we do mention one of our iTunes commenters uh, that writes uh, a comment that we like because we want to encourage you to to comment, give it five stars, subscribe, tell your friends about it. That's how we're gonna make this thing get to episode six. Uh, Nate said, "Touchdown, Airbud!" Quest, you know, asking touchdown, Airbud. No, touchdown, RJVP. RJVP. My thoughts and prayers go out to anyone who doesn't find this great pod. It's super funny and has great rapport. Spelled rapport wrong, but the only downside, they are <laughs> going to get fired. Yep. Like we said, every single job. I think I think that's going to happen. Ask Anthony this week, Ooh. why do you dress, Anthony, like Hank Moody? And for the listeners who don't know Hank Moody, the star character of Californication. Yes, uh, played by the great David Duchovny. Um, why do I dress like Hank Moody? Uh, that means uh, why do I dress so cool? I, right now, I'm wearing a leather jacket. <laughs> you a couldn't have you couldn't have jeans. been more dressed perfectly exactly. for this. Yeah, I I like I like to wear what I call a uniform. I have black t-shirts. I have gray t-shirts. I've got a couple of white ones. I've got one pair of jeans and one leather jacket, and I wear them all the time. Sometimes a hoodie if I get a little chilly. And I sometimes people make fun of me for that, and I just laugh right in their face uh, because I've earned the right to never think about what I wear. I just put on whatever, and you know what? You know what? I look great. Is that why you have bed bugs? Only one pair of jeans? Could that be Ooh, a possibility? Brandon, really? I don't think that's down. how bed bugs work. I'm not entirely <laughs> sure. Just asking. Like, I bought a new pair of jeans last week. I went into a, a store, bought a new pair of jeans. I want these jeans, bought them, said I'm going to wear them out, and then gave them my old jeans to throw away. They were completely confused. And now that store is probably riddled with bed bugs. <laughs> Touchdown, Air Bud. What's our hot take? Hot take of the week is from NFL Network's Mark Kriegel. Big fan of uh, Mark Kriegel's books. You should check him out, the Joe Namath one especially. Not a, not as much of a fan of this tweet. It said, Giants lose, Romo back, if only the media critic Des Bryant hadn't dropped the crucial first down. Whole different season. Hashtag Cowboys. First of all, it's a little hard to understand even what he's saying. But what he's saying is Des Bryant blew their game against the Buccaneers on Sunday. That's when he tweeted it out. It sounds like he, tweets, he, it sounds like he tweets using Morse code. <laughs> it's, it's a problem with 140 characters. Some people, maybe the older generation in general, you know, they, it's hard to adapt maybe to it. But he's basically saying, like, Des Bryant blew this game. They, they could be in the mix. But re- what he really wanted to get out there is that it was the media critic line because Des Bryant last week had this big dust-up where he was upset with one reporter – I don't know. Did you hear about this? Did you see no, it? Like they're always upset with reporters. They should right. take their job. It's like do everyone you, you talk about players. Players get mad. And the, that's football one on one. And there's this, you know, there's this sort of gotcha video where Des Bryant is screaming and yelling at his PR director to fix the situation. Like, why don't you fix this, Rich? Just getting really, really mad. And it just annoys me because anytime and Des Bryant, I have no idea what the problem he had with this particular reporter was. He, he thought what he was doing was not professional. But anytime any athlete even lightly gets, you know, criticizes the media, like the sports media all bows up together and just like goes after him. Like, how dare you criticize like what what we've done? Like as if Des Bryant couldn't have a problem with some reporter when literally 
guy, guys like Mark Kriegel and myself, our job all day is to essentially criticize and evaluate these guys who are incredible at their careers and be like, oh, this Andy Dalton, like he's only the seventh best quarterback in the world this week. And like when whenever they dare to even have one little bit of criticism, it reminded me actually Jesse Eisenberg wrote something in The New Yorker. Did you see that? Where he's kind of taking a piss on uh, film critics in general, like making fun of film critics and like every single one of them lined up and just like, how dare Jesse Eisenberg do this? Like such such tropes that they're trotting out there when literally their job is to be critics and they can't and you can't take any criticism. So that's a pet peeve of mine. That's just that's a rant. That's a hot take. uh, It's almost like sports journalists are jealous of athletes in which they could switch lives. Oh, but I'll tell you who would never I'll tell you who would never talk trash on the media. Touchdown, Airbus. He just wouldn't do it. He just wouldn't do it. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk picks this week. Last week we did books. We, we, before we did movies. Let's uh, today. Let's do some TV shows. Uh, Greg, what, uh, give us uh, give us one or two TV shows that people should be. Should why, why don't you start? I want to. I feel like you have <coughs> better ones. I do have better ones. Um, first, I'm going to say Fargo. If you guys are not watching mm. Fargo, season one was amazing. Season two is just as good. Uh, hopefully, it gets better. I love when they do a mini series type thing because anyone can die. You know, it, it's only ten episodes. And a great new show on Netflix, uh, Aziz Ansari's Master of None. Mm. Uh, and I, I rarely watch other comedy, but I've been watching a couple episodes of this, and it is great. Uh, Aziz is fantastic, and it's a really, uh, really smart and really well done show. Everyone should check it out. Wow. All right, that was so genuine. Yeah. How about how about you? Edited to save Greg's marriage. <laughs> Touchdown, Airbus. Seriously, we're cutting all that out for. <laughs> that was part of my wedding speech. A, va- a variety of reasons, <laughs> most of which I was pointless. Do you have any? Do you have any TV? Well, I'm watching Silicon Valley now, and it, that's why I said it's not as good a um, a pick because it's not new. But uh, who cares? There's a lot of people out there yeah, that have, have never watched it. You should go back. I'm just finishing up it now. It cracks me up so much. It's one of my favorite shows of the last five years of any genre. Uh, your boy, Kumel uh, Najlani. Najiani. Everything he does is hilarious. Kumel's amazing. TJ Miller's amazing. You know who's like the sneaky star or just like so hilarious in that show is Zach Woods. Do you Zach know? Woods is great, yeah. So I'm friends with e- every single person on that show. They're all great. Uh, Mi- Thomas Middleditch is underrated. Yes. I think as, no, as, he's as great as too. He's fantastic. Most shows I really don't, like I just laugh to, you know, I watch it to laugh or it's well written or whatever and like I don't genuinely get like invested in what happens. But this show, for whatever reason, it's like I really am rooting for them in a in an almost childlike way. It's, it's, a, it's a great show. They're uh, they're shooting season three right now and I hear I hear nothing but great things. They're very excited about it. So when season three comes out after Game of Thrones, you're gonna be psyched. So everybody catch up before that happens. That was T V picks. That was your old Droog. Do my little Hank Moody dance and my Hank Moody clothes. You should all dress like Hank Moody. Hank Moody dresses like me. <laughs> Let's get into a new bi- a segment I've come up with. Uh, we've yet to repeat a final segment. Uh, I've got a new one that I came up with called This is America. Greg's going to make some picks, and I'm going to explain to him this is America. So if, you, if you liked uh, Crunker, Funky, Frunky, Fresh by the makers of uh, that, here we go. I believe there's an N in Funky, Greg. <laughs> I, I'm just going to make picks because I don't really know where you're going here with this segment because this is obviously America. Although we have a lot of overseas listeners, I'm going to give everyone out there uh, a great tip 
the Broncos are somehow underdogs this week against Chicago because they have Brock Osweiler starting. Chicago's playing a little better. That's ridiculous. Denver has one of the greatest defenses of all time that I've seen coming off a couple bad games, but they're going to win this game, Denver You're, Broncos, are you over me? the Bears. You're kidding me. You're saying Broncos over Bears? Let me tell you something, Greg. The world is my oyster, and my country is the pearl. This is America. <laughs> Christopher Columbus found here. <laughs> Children pre- pledge allegiance to our flag because we make them. My country, tis of thee, sweet land of liberty, stars and stripes, USA number one forever, bears over Broncos. Greg, this is America. Do you have a, do you have a second one? My second pick this week, <laughs> also in America, in a dome in Georgia, the Indianapolis Colts are going to go into Atlanta, and they're going to romp over the Atlanta Falcons. They haven't been uh, playing well this season in Indianapolis overall, but I think they turned a corner. Even though they lost Andrew Luck, I think they played their best game of the season a couple weeks ago. They're going to win this game in Atlanta. You're picking the Colts over the Falcons? That's right. Let me tell you something, Greg. <laughs> Land of the free, home of the brave. We have our own money called dollars and cents here. We don't vote for kings and queens. We vote for presidents, governors, and city councilmen. Our national anthem is the national anthem. Can't be any more clear than that. Falcons over Colts. This is America. Do, uh, do you have a third one? Sure, yeah. I'm not sure what that had to do with the game. But uh, the uh, Arizona Cardinals this week are going to put a hurting on uh, Andy Dalton. Uh, after his performance on the press conference, I don't think he's going to be able to show his face in the locker room. His teammates aren't going to trust him. And uh, Carson Palmer is going to be eager to stick it to Mike Brown, his uh, former boss, the owner of the Bengals, who he once uh, – he threat- you remember this? He once threatened to quit football, Carson Palmer, if the Bengals didn't get rid of him. Mm-hmm. And uh, they did, and now he's going to beat him. So you're saying cards over Bengals? Cardinals over Bengals. <sighs> I, I want to be clear here. 50 states, baby, plus Puerto Rico, kind of. Maybe the Virgin Islands and places like that. The sun only sets on this um, empire for a couple of hours a night. We've got the Grand Canyon and the Rocky Mountains, and the rest of the world can eat it. <laughs> Bangles over cards. This is America. <laughs> <laughs> do you uh, do a fourth? Do you have a fourth? Uh... Yeah, I mean, your reasoning was pretty strong on that one. But uh, I'm going to continue fourth, and uh, I'm going to pick the Patriots on Monday night. Not really going out on a lib there, but I think the Bills are going to be good in this game. I think it's going to be a tough game for the Patriots. Not you know They don't have Julian Edelman. It'll be one of the best Monday night games of the entire season. But in the end, another late drive by Tom Brady, and they win at home in a close one over the Buffalo Bills. Oh, actually, we agree. You're picking the Bills over the Pats? No, I'm taking the Patriots over the Bills. Oh, my God, Greg. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. Bills over Pats. This is America. <laughs> Touchdown, Airbud. And that was This Is America. I think we're going to be seeing more of that. I, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling the red, white, and blue. I'm feeling like Captain America over here. Somebody has to. Somebody has to because the NFL certainly isn't patriotic enough for me. That was your old Droog. My boy. Um, All right, kids. Uh, Listen, next week is Thanksgiving, so we are taking the week off. I'm going to be out of town. Greg, of course, will be here uh, because he's got nothing better to do. But I have a family who loves me, and I'm going to go travel to Pittsburgh to eat turkey with them. Uh, 
You've spent the last two Thanksgivings with me, actually. That's so true. Give me a break. That's true. And I'm here because that's where my family is. We're gonna Speaking of your family, exactly. Greg, we haven't talked about them all the whole episode. How are my godchildren? How are your son and daughter, uh, Ellison Walker? Well, you know, my family couldn't help but notice every time you ask me at the end of the show about my kids, it's and like I how. never... 